is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, no, 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 no. On ESPN Pittsburgh and the iHeartRadio app. The Pirates lineup is out. Sean Rodriguez not in it. David Freeze is. Francisco Cervelli playing first base. Yeah, woo! It's actually looking pretty good. With Cervelli being able to play first, this does help mitigate the loss of Josh Bell. This is as good of a lineup as they've had in a long time. Here's what we got for you. Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, Gregory Polanco, David Freeze, Cervelli, Diaz, Moran. What happened there? Harrison. Hey, oh, Freeze is playing third. Harrison, Mercer, Musgrove. My bad. I added an extra player. In the AL, they could have Moran in the lineup, too. And you'd rather see him swing the back than Musgrove. Probably not, though. Musgrove, I ain't quite an athlete, that guy. Quite the athlete. You found the Crowley Show where your mom listens, and you should, too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. Or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter, at underscore Adam Crowley. Tell your kids. Tell your wife. We doing radio up in here. I just posted a poll on the Adam Crowley Twitter page, did you know that Knuckle Puck is a band? I did not. I don't know if they're popular, but I looked up Knuckle Puck because I wanted to watch the video of the Knuckle Puck scene in Mighty Ducks, and, well, I get all kind of band videos. 22% of you were saying you knew that Knuckle Puck is a band. I don't believe that. Liars. That's horse crap. That's Nobody knew that. Those are people that just see a poll and they vote. Nobody knew that. The only people who know that are the people who did what I just did and were trying to look up Knuckle Puck because they just heard the guy who played Goldberg from the Mighty Ducks, who was like 15 at the time, is now 39 years old, was arrested last year for doing meth, and was just arrested for DUI. He also got arrested a few days before the meth thing for stealing $151 worth of electronics from a store. You didn't know Knuckle Puck was a band, you jackasses. The Pirates are in dangerous territory right now. And not to say that the lineup that I just described isn't a good one, because it is, but the Pirates' recent slide, winning four of their last ten games, I think in large part, yes, the pitching hasn't been as great, but it's because they need luck and they're not getting it. Freeze is nicked up. He missed a couple. Dickerson's back, but after a stretch where he was the best player on the team, and aside from Carpenter, one of the best players in all of baseball, Bell, same thing, was very hot. The Pirates can't buy a break right now. They bought an archer by putting prospects out there. They got a good eighth-inning guy by sending Taylor Hearns, but you can't buy luck. You can't trade Mike Trout for luck. Hell, Mike Trout can't trade Mike Trout for luck. Mike Trout is on a baseball team that stinks, and he's the best player that maybe we've ever seen. The Pirates are a small market team. They're a National League team. Both of those things add up. 
it's a bad luck if there's going to be injuries. You can't really dig your way out of it. Now they got to fight through six teams to get back in the wild card hunt. I don't see it happen. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year, and they're one series away from saying see you later. They're one series away from being totally irrelevant, and right now they're on the cusp of irrelevance. Uh, they were relevant, I think, for two days all season long. Yes, the 11-game winning streak, oh, it's cute, it's fun, whatever, but on the trade deadline and the day after, that's it. Those were the two days they were relevant. They beat the Cubs. Woo, everything's great. This is amazing. Woohoo! Now you're five games back. If you lose two out of three to Colorado in Colorado, which is... Not all that far-fetched. You could be seven games back, and then you are done. Now, if you win two out of three, you sweep them, you could wind up being three games back. could wind up being a couple games back. But the thing is, it's so hard to make up ground. Even if you do sweep, you're not... Just, if you sweep and the team that's leading the wild card race right now gets swept, it doesn't necessarily mean that you are jumping right in. And, and getting to within two games back. Because you've got all these other teams that are going to hop around. It's just so hard right now. Because they're all going to get hot at some point. The Pirates just had their 11-game winning streak. The Cardinals are now playing better baseball. The Brewers are now playing better baseball. Look at the American League. The Yankees were one of the best teams in the sport. And they've fallen on hard times. They get swept by the Red Sox. They have been 500 their last 40 or so games. And then you look at what the Mariners are doing. They've lost four in a row. They were one of the better teams in baseball, albeit in the American League, so you're getting buried. But the A's, I mean, they're hotter than Britney Spears in 1997. I mean, they are flying high right now. Every team the Pirates are chasing is going to have a stretch where they win 8 to 10. It's going to happen. And the teams that don't are going to fall by the wayside. The Pirates for the rest of the season, need to be playing almost 700 ball. I mean, they need to be winning 7 out of every 10 games if they really want to have a shot in the last couple of weeks. I mean, you start winning 6 of 10, it's not going to do it. There's not enough time for that to add up. The Pirates need to get to about 88 wins. You've got to turn it on. And with the injuries that they've faced, it's going to be tough. 412-922-2874 is the number to call. We're going to hear from Lance Lysowski to dive in deep a little bit more on the Pirates coming up in 12 minutes here on the show. The Urban Meyer supporters are now staging a rally outside of the horseshoe as we speak. And these people aren't informed at all. There's a woman there holding up a sign that says ESPN is SEC bias. Brett McMurphy, who reported the story, was fired by ESPN. He reported the story on Facebook. It's not about SEC bias. It's not about ESPN trying to poo-poo Ohio State. No, no. They're just reporting the story that Brett McMurphy put out there. Not to mention, they've got Kirk Herbstreet on every single damn college football broadcast who went to Ohio State. I mean, how much more do you want Ohio State? What this does show, though, is we've got the tribalism in this country that's just sickening and it's fallen into every aspect of our lives politics used to be about what we thought was best for the country politics used to be a republican thinking oh okay trickle down economics it's going to help everyone now it's about bible beating and racism being a liberal used to be about trying to help people uh, it used to be about welfare and medicare and medicaid things of that nature and now 
It's just about being smarter than the other guy and telling him at every chance you get. Because I'm a Democrat, loud and proud, baby. I'm a Republican, loud and proud, baby. I'm going to wear the shirt. I'm going to put the pins on, and I'm going to watch my news station, and I'm going to hang out with my tribe. And we do it in sports, and we do it in everything. We are a nationalistic society. And when you get people effing with your colors, oh, man, you got to punch back, right? So what people don't see here, Ohio State fans don't see here, is that what they're doing is putting a football coach in front of telling the truth, and they're putting a football coach in front of a woman who was being assaulted by a wide receivers coach. A wide receivers coach. All Urban Meyer needed to do to get absolved here was go to his superiors and say, hey, here's what I've heard. That's what Title IX requires. That's what he had to do. He didn't do it. You can't see that because you've got these scarlet and gray glasses on. And it's disgusting. And what this has become is Penn State fans... They're all saying, look, it doesn't just happen here. Look at you guys, Urban New. They've got their hashtag Urban New shirts on. I'm sure Michigan State, with everything that they've got going on, with their football program, with their basketball program, with their gymnastics program, with their athletic director, all that stuff, I'm sure they're doing the same thing. Hashtag Urban New. Michigan, doing it. And it becomes about sports and not about the actual issue, which is a woman was getting beat, allegedly. And Urban Meyer didn't go to his immediate superiors. Now, you can argue, of course, that Urban Meyer is the most important person, most powerful person in the university. I won't argue with that. But Title IX law indicates you have to tell your superior. You have to. And then you shouldn't lie about it. Now, Urban came out and said, oh, I misspoke. Come on. Come on. On How stupid do you think we are? We're not wearing the Ohio State colors. The ones who are, they're dumb. The ones who are getting behind it unabashedly, they're dumb. Is it a fireable offense to lie? I don't think so. Is it a fireable offense not to report what you hear about possible domestic abuse to your immediate superiors whenever it does violate Title IX? Yeah, I think it is. I think that is fireable. I think Ohio State fans should at least wait and see what their their university finds out in their two-week-long investigation. Now, I think that's a farce. But on the off chance something does come up in this two-week-long investigation, well, I think you got to wait and see. you got to at least give it time. Now, Brett McMurphy's been all over it. Brett McMurphy has text messages that, to me, make it seem pretty damn well clear that Urban Meyer know about everything. Way back when, and didn't tell anyone. I just, I'm sick of what we do. I'm sick of, in every circumstance, you know, Ravens fans. Oh, Ray Lewis, what a guy. I almost said Jamal Lewis again. He wound up in a halfway house for drugs. But, oh, he's a great man, great person, tremendous human being. We love this guy. Oh, we go to the Hall of Fame. He's the best. If you're a Steelers fan, Ben Roethlisberger, oh, well, the charges weren't filed. Charges weren't filed. He's not a bad person. He did not get charged with anything. He's not in jail. Yeah, okay, that, he's right. He's a great person. The details that have him are, no, he sounds, he sounds tremendous. He, he didn't make a mistake at all there. He didn't do anything wrong. 
We do it all the time. Giants fans love Barry Bonds because Barry Bonds played for the San Francisco Giants in a bunch of home runs. Cardinals fans loved Mark McGuire because he hit a bunch of home runs. Now, these aren't comparable, but you love your guy because he wears your colors, and we need to get away from that. The Penn State scandal showed me that we need to get away from that. I never would have thought that was possible, but Penn State made it damn well clear that it's possible because you stand by the coach, you tear down freaking light posts, you bitch and moan and complain still for a decade about the statue getting torn down when we're talking about dozens of children getting raped. That's when you know, okay, there's a big-ass problem. And you think that's going to have changed it. But you see the Michigan State people. Don't fire Izzo. You can't get rid of Izzo. There's a standing ovation. They're all wearing shirts they say for the victims, but the solidarity was there for Izzo when they give him a standing ovation. Now you've got the people on the steps right outside the horseshoe screaming and cheering and clapping for Urban Flippin' Meyer. Man, Ohio State football will continue with or without Urban. Penn State football, for an example, was a game or two away from playing for the national championship the last couple of years without Joe Paterno. Penn State is a good enough institution. The Big Ten Conference is good enough that you can get by without these coaches. Ohio State will win national championships, I promise you, without Urban Meyer. I promise you. Any of those schools, they can win without the guy that they've got. Bob Stoops, he wins a national championship with Oklahoma. They're back in the championship game last year with Lincoln Riley, his first ever flipping year as a coach. You want to know why? Because Oklahoma's the brand. Penn State's the brand. Ohio State's the brand. So even if you don't want to care about the woman, even if you don't want to care about the facts, which I would strongly advise against, you can at least be smart enough, or you should be smart enough to realize this Guy ain't worth it to deteriorate the name of our program that can be fine without him. We love Urban. He's the best. Yeah, you won a national championship. You won one with Trestle, too. I don't think Trestle's half the coach Urban Meyer is. Not half. You can win at Ohio State. You can win at Oklahoma. You can win at Penn State. These coaches are expendable. You don't need to defend them and make your university look bad by comparison. There are a lot of great people at Penn State. A lot of my best friends went to Penn State. And all of them, for the most part, aren't dumbasses. But the impression is that they are. What people think is, oh, you must be one of those paterno freaks. It's the implication. It sucks. It sucks that you feel so strongly about your university and your football program that you can't see when atrocities are committed and you can't see when your God, and that's what they've become, are in the wrong. Coming up next, back to baseball, back to chipper things, back to happy things. It's Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com. The Pirates made a trade today. <laughs> Crowley Show. This is the Adam Crowley Show. Oh, I like him. <laughs> He's a handsome guy. ESPN Pittsburgh, 970 AM and 106.3 FM. Pirates 
made a trade. They acquired a Danny Hechevaria and cash considerations from the Rays. Right-handed pitcher Matt Seelinger. Matt was pitching for the West Virginia Power. Is that what they're called? Yeah, the West Virginia Power. You sure? Oh, yeah, 100%. Not the Black Bears? No, they're the Power. There are the Black Bears, too. I know it's the power. And he was striking out 14 guys per nine. Whatever. Doesn't matter so much. They get Hechevaria, who at a time went 94 games without committing an error, which was a franchise record. He's a very slick fielding shortstop. And the Pirates say that they plan on playing him at second base or shortstop and shortstop, really. Uh, They don't have a lot of depth there. And it was just the other day that Clint Hurdle was saying the Pirates aren't getting to as many balls as they have in the past. They're not athletic enough on the infield. And, well, this changes that. It also means we might not be seeing our boy Sean Rodriguez anymore. Serious baseball question for you. Uh, Do you know how many years of control the Pirates have on Hechevaria? He's an unrestricted free agent. Next year? Yeah. So they they get him for the next couple months. That trade sucks. Calm down! That's the buzzword, though, right? Years of control. I need I need him for at least two years. You need him for two. 2019 is the season I'm looking at. It's odd. I, I mean, I guess you can call up one of your shortstop prospects when you get to September, but you don't want to wait from now till then. And if Josh Harrison is nicked up the way that we think he's nicked up with a hamstring injury, you do want to have a little extra backup there. Plus... He's a better player than Sean Rodriguez. He, he's hitting better than Sean Rod. He's a better fielder than Sean Rod, although he does not have the position flexibility, so that does matter. But just because you stick Sean Rodriguez in left field and make him a left fielder, just because you play him at first base and make him a first baseman, I say that all the time with Josh Harrison. They'd stick Josh Harrison in right field, and at first he stunk. He got much better as it, as it went along, but you can't just put a player in the outfield like Jason Kendall and say, oh, he's a, he's a right fielder now. He's a left fielder. Well, no, he's a catcher who you just stuck out there, and you said he's a left fielder. When Anthony Rizzo goes in the game to pitch, yes, it says on the scorecard he's a pitcher, but he's not really a pitcher. He's Anthony freaking Rizzo. So this helps. We are joined now to discuss by Lance Lysowski of DKPittsburghSports.com. Lance, how are you today? Doing well, Adam, in Denver. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. 420 in Denver, not bad. Although I guess it's two twenty there. Um, I, I I always lose track of time whenever I travel. So in different in different time zone, of course. Yeah, when you're in Denver, I get that. That's yeah, whatever, I'm, Adam. Yeah, just smoking the reefer. Lance joining us from Denver, as he just said. But yep, there's more news from Tampa. The Pirates just keep gobbling up Rays. What do you know about Echeverria? Uh, light hitting shortstop. He hasn't played another position since 2012 when he was with the Blue Jays. So he's strictly a shortstop. That's it. He's a free agent at the end of the year. Made almost six million dollars this year, and he was having a horrible year until he got DFA'd. About uh, it was August 1st, so shortly after they were unable to trade him at the deadline. And the Pirates are getting cash, so they're likely paying him almost or literally nothing to play for them the rest of the season. And they're going to have to make room on the roster tomorrow, Adam, which means this could be the end for Sean Rodriguez. Oh, no, my God. I actually feel bad for Sean Rod. Uh, it's it's not his fault that he's been up for so long and, and on the big league club. And, yeah, he's struggling, to put it lightly, but he did go through the accident last year. You wonder if that had any effect on him. And 
Yeah, I do wish him well, despite fans, the way that they've treated him over the last couple of weeks or so. Yeah, as much as people like to make the 25th man on the roster the scapegoat, it makes no sense in this regard. There's a reason why they've kept him around. It's because of what he means in that clubhouse, which, again, when you lose guys throughout the season, like Tyler Glass now was well-liked in the clubhouse, Stephen Brault was well-liked, you want to keep that, that kind of guy around, Sean Rodriguez, but... And people thought that his career was over after the car accident, so it might not come as much of a surprise that it did really impact you know his performance on the field over the past year. What's going on with the injury situation? I mean, this this sort of plays into that a little bit too, no? Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, Josh Bell, we'll, we'll wait and see. He started swinging the bat, so at least that's a step in the right direction. I'm, I'm sure David Freeze will start tonight. Obviously, Corey Dickerson is back, um, but there's seems to be something going on with Josh Harrison. I think he has a lingering hamstring injury. Yeah. Clint Hurl hinted, hinted towards that last week, and they're probably going to be smart about it. And I don't know if the plan is for Hachivaria to maybe slide over and play second base for the first time in six years, but it wouldn't surprise me. Lance Lysowski, DKPittsburghSports.com, joining us here on the Crowley Show. Was Freeze too hurt to play yesterday, or just you want to get him on the men? I mean, these are all important games at this point. Well, I think a lot of people forget that David Freeze has a pretty, he has a history of, of injuries. You know, that it kind of sidelined him earlier in his career and he had to completely change the way he kind of prepares himself. That's sort of why he was going to be a bench player when he was originally acquired by the Pirates. So they're going to, it makes sense to be smart with him at that point. But yes, one at bat. It, and he played the night before. The injury allegedly occurred on Friday. I mean, everybody involved said it occurred on Friday, so I'm not going to question that. So, yeah, it was it was a little strange. It was a little surprising, especially since he hit a home run on Saturday and seemed completely okay. Yeah, that's what was so frustrating about him not playing. Uh, Lance Lysowski joining us here on the Crowley Show. So, Corey Dickerson, he comes back. Uh, the thing about the Pirates is, and really any small market team, is when you're facing injuries the way that they are, uh, you're just you're just not going to be able to make the playoffs. They've been they've you need to be lucky. You need to have luck on their side. And when you've got Dickerson playing as well as he was, he gets hurt. You got Bell playing as well as he was, he gets hurt. And then Freeze was playing his best ball of the year, he gets hurt. Uh, it just makes it that much harder. Now they got to chase six teams down. Yeah, and the, Corey Dickerson, I know he's back, but it might take him a little bit of time to start hitting the way that he was. Right. Gregory Polanco is probably due for a slump at this point. They're not getting much out of their middle infielders these days. So, yeah, uh, something's got to give. At least, you know, it's encouraging for them, I would say, that Francisco Cervelli has at least shown that, you know, that his bat's played well since coming back. He can play first base if they really need him to. Uh, Elias Diaz has struggled a little bit as of late. Uh, the pitching's really been the problem the last week or so, though, Adam. I mean, three short starts in a row, that leads your bullpen to be – pretty bad and yeah i mean you catch a, a pitcher who throws really well on sunday so i can't really point it to one thing i mean this this team the things they're struggling they've struggled with over the past week is what they've struggled with you know for most of the season so it shouldn't come as that much of a surprise is that more of who they are and i don't want to do this thing where we keep reacting whenever they get hot and, and say oh they're a great team then whenever they start to lose a few games, you overreact the other way. But, I mean, is this more of the team that they are? Are they more just a 500 baseball team than than one that's going to win 16 out of 20? I think so. But the way that this season goes, guys can, can do really well for, you know, look how well the rotation all pitched together for that 11-game winning streak or how the offense all came together. It's pretty rare when those types of things happen. But 
again, I think you look at the weaknesses, you look at the bullpen, uh, the guys in front, Avon uh, Nova hasn't been pitching well. That's no. one starter in your rotation who's struggling. Chris Archer might take some time to get used to the National League. Now, as much as those trades created a really big buzz and, you know, the fans got excited and it was a, a definite sign that, you know, the front office is buying into this young core, those moves are also made towards next season. So let's not be mistaken. that they, It wasn't that they thought that this team could necessarily win a World Series this year, but next year, yes. So we'll see. Uh, the injuries are definitely, they came at the wrong time, and now it seems like everybody else in the division is starting to play much better baseball. They are. Uh, Chris Archer comes in, and it's not what you want to see from him, but it's also kind of understandable. Just a little amped up for his first start? Yeah, that's all it was. I mean, he had some struggles, you know, in Tampa this year, but if you look at his last eight to ten starts, he was really good. Yeah. You know, looked like the Chris Archer that he's always been. And you saw little signs of that, whether it be the back-to-back strikeouts in, in the second inning, you know, the, the fastball playing as well as it did. I think that once he gets back into his routine and pitching, even on the road might help when you don't have a crowd like that, you know, behind you. Because let's not forget, he wasn't used to that. <laughs> there typically aren't a whole lot of fans in Tampa. So we'll see. I think it's way too soon to panic. You saw Jay Happ, how well he pitched after, you know, his first start with the Pirates back in 15. Lance Lysowski, DK Pittsburghsports.com, joining us on the Crowley Show. Uh, you got Tyon, you got Musgrove, you got Archer not in that order going in the series for the Bucks, which is a huge one. Uh, every series can now make or break their season, in all honesty. When you're five games back, if you leave this series at eight games back, it's over. Uh, you've at least got to hold your water. The, the problem is they're chasing uh, six different teams now for the wild card. Uh, they're getting passed up, and they got passed up by the cards over the weekend. It's just so much ground to cover in... Yeah, there's two months left, but uh, when you got to pass all those teams, it just, I don't think this is the year, as you said before. Yeah, I mean, when you dig yourself in a hole like they did, it's tough. I mean, you're not going to be able to play. <laughs> those 11-game winning streaks obviously only come around once every 20 years. It doesn't happen very often. It helped them climb back to a certain point, but, you know, what's, all it takes is one week to kind of undo all that you accomplished in that time. And with this schedule and you got three in denver three you know four in san francisco even two in minneapolis and that's a long road trip and all it can take is a bad four or five games of baseball that they, yeah. they turn into settlers in august i mean you could see jordy mercer david freeze possibly josh harrison you know because the waiver period is going on there's still deals being done as we saw today last couple of things here for you lance uh, musgrove is going to go tonight what have your uh, initial thoughts been on him uh, as a pirate so far extremely efficient i think that they have to be really encouraged i mean remember how bad this guy was as a starter when he was at the astros i mean uh, it was <laughs> tyler glass now asking numbers in terms of just he had control unlike glass now but was just hit hard leave the ball in the strike zone and really just got tattooed the second time through the order but he's really pitched deep in the games, and he's been that that boost that, that this team is need. They love playing behind him, just the emotion that he shows. Similar to Trevor Williams. It seems like they, they play really well behind him because of the energy he has. So he throws strikes, you know, has the stuff to succeed. I think that that's probably one of the, the you know more promising parts of the, the old trades that they made in the offseason. Why do you think Trevor Williams blocked me on Twitter? You, oh, no, I didn't know that. It ha- I mean, 
I can't think of one thing I've ever said about the guy. I mean, negatively, I like the guy. I said his numbers at the beginning of the year might come back down to earth a little bit, but I wound up being right. I, damn it. The hell did I do? Uh, <laughs> Did you mention him on Twitter? I mean, I don't what, think what? I even said it on Twitter. I just think I said it on my poorly rated radio show. Uh, we need to get to the bottom of this, Adam. You need to show up the PNC Park when the team comes back, and we'll we'll gather everybody. We'll have a talk, an airing of grievances. Well, you can. You how about you just ask him so I don't have to go anywhere? Then just text me. <laughs> Let's do that. I'll I'll pay it. Whatever DK is paying you, I'll pay you double. Typical radio move, Crowley. I know none of us ever friggin' show up. Uh, last thing here for you, Lance. Uh, the you like to look at the Pirates bullpen now. Obviously, if the starters aren't going to go deep at all, that's going to create some problems. But uh, do you like the way that the back end should be set up? Yeah, the back end's great. Uh, I don't think you can have any issues with the way Kyle Crick is pitched. You know, Vasquez looks like he did last year. Really liked what I saw out of Kella yesterday. You know, he, he too probably had some jitters his first time out there. And Edgar Santana's been really good. Then you got Richard Rodriguez. You know, now it's going to be some trial and error to figure out, okay, when they do have that short start, who do you put in there? Right now they've got Casey Sadler, who they can turn to. Richard Rodriguez can probably pitch multiple innings. You know, what's Clint Hurl going to do when you have those two games back to back like he did this week and he had to put Alex McCray in? So. We'll see, but that's really not – you look across the league, a lot of teams don't have a really good long reliever because, again, that's a guy who should only pitch once a week. Lance, find it out and text me. <laughs> I'll ask around. I'll see what I can do. Thanks for the time, man. appreciate it. Uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> Shut up, Lance. Get the hell out of here. Figure it out. Lance, of course, worked for DKPittsburghSports.com. He also is now working for me for the Crowley Show to find out why in the world Trevor Williams didn't follow me on Twitter. And by follow me, I mean why he did he block me. That was just me misspeaking there. Did you know Knuckle Puck is a band? 80% of the audience says no. 20% says yes, including Jesse Marshall, one of our friends from The Athletic, who says Disdain is a top pump rock banger of all time, Adam. On my top 30 all-time pump punk pop punk rap tracks. <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you. I'll tell you about it next. It's a Crowley show. <laughs> tweet Adam at underscore Adam Crowley. Oh no! Finish your tweet. It's not. That's fine. Just give us a second. There you go. Hashtag it. This is the Adam Crowley show on 970 ESPN and now on 106.3 FM. Does disdain is a top pump rock banger of all time, Adam? On my top 30 all time pump punk pop punk rap tracks. <laughs> Tom, cue that up again. It's been one of those shows. Top pump. <laughs> I still can't do it. Top punk rock tracks of all time. Punk rock tracks all time. Pump. Is disdain is a top pump rock banger of all time, Adam. On my top 30 all time pump. Punk pop punk rap tracks. <laughs> pop punk rock. Pop punk rock, pop punk rock, pop pump rock, punk. God, son of a. One more time. It's been a tough show. Is disdain is a top pump rock banger of all time, Adam. On my top thirty all time pump, punk pop punk rap tracks. 
Oh, man. This all coming from the guy who played Goldberg, the young man who played Goldberg, in The Mighty Ducks, getting arrested at the ripe old age of 39 for a DUI, and he looks like he's about 65 years old. I mean, he looks just horrendous. He was arrested last year for meth just a day after he stole $151 from an electronics store. I wonder where that money went. Into meth. And where'd the meth go? Into him. And that's why he looks like death. And so I looked him up. I wanted to look up the knuckle puck scene. Because as Tom rightfully pointed out to me, he was not the guy who shot the knuckle puck. Somebody dressed as Goldberg. They shot the knuckle puck. And bingo, bango, that's why I got confused. So I searched knuckle puck. And apparently knuckle puck's a band that sings a song to stain that... Our friend Jesse Marshall from The Athletic thinks is one of his 30 top punk rock pop songs of all time. Did I nail it there? Kind of. You you mix rock and punk. It sh- I think it should be pop punk rock. But I think you put rock in front of punk so you could separate the P's a little bit there just to make it a little easier on you. But it's, I'm going to give that to you. It's that- pop punk rock. There. Yeah. Woo. Yeah. Woo. Woo. Yeah. Trevor Williams, Pirates pitcher. Block me on Twitter. It's so final. Like, at, at no point will I ever be able to come in contact with him on Twitter again. And, man, what if he accidentally did it? Th- that there's a, big, there's a big problem there. I've accidentally blocked my friends before, and you can't get that back because you don't know. You don't know they're gone. Like, I blocked Dejan or Dejan blocked me regardless, and I forgot he existed. Until one day I... Saw Dale tweet something, and I thought, oh, Dayon, I haven't seen him tweet in like 15 years, and oh, I'm blocked. Like, you lose track of it. Trevor Williams is never going to know that he blocked me. What if Trevor Williams was trying, he loved your Twitter feed so much, he was trying to set up, like, push notifications for whenever Crowley tweets, oh, I need to know, I need to know right away, and he accidentally hit the block button instead of set up the push notification. Well, that was it. I mean, and then now he's just like, what the heck happened to Crowley? One of my favorite follows, now all of a sudden he's not tweeting at all. And, and we're just stuck in this this world where Trevor will never follow you. And I that, changed my sad. avatar. It's now the picture of Spalding, our ball, that was brutally murdered on the side of the road. He's not going to know it's me. He's going to think it's somebody else, although I do have the blue check mark. It's a disaster! It's time for the hottest take of the day. It's time for the hottest take of the day. Day, day, day. <laughs> Ohio State has set up a two-week investigation into Urban Meyer and the things he knew and when he knew them. And I think a deadline is horrendous. I think it's so easy to see through it and realize that the reason the deadline is there is so that Urban Meyer can get back and help this football team win two weeks prior to the start of the season. That's when they start game planning for their first opponent. That's when you start thinking about the season in terms of the games, not just getting the players ready for your scheme and your system and things like that. The assistant coaches can do all that. You need Urban for the game plan. So I think the reason that they put this 14-day window together and put that drop-dead date for the investigation, the deadline, is so they can get Urban Meyer back, which makes me believe that they're not really looking into this all that hard in the first place. They don't care. 
They just want to make it look like there's an investigation. They want to make it look like they can get stuff done. They want to make it look like they've done their thorough digging. They're vetting into this guy. When in reality, they're just going to pass the time for two weeks and then let him come back. It's ass. It's ridiculous. It's to be expected, though, kind of. And now, which also to be expected, you've got Ohio State fans who are holding up signs and picketing and standing on the side of the horseshoe saying, Urban, we miss you. We love you. You can't fire him. Oh, my God. He's going to be wrongly terminated. There's 23,000 people who signed a petition saying you cannot fire him. You cannot wrongly terminate him. And it's just tribalism. That's all it is. We can't see past our colors. We can't see past our flag to see what's right. And I hate it. It sucks. It's other crap. Woo! Other crap. The Eagles have signed Jeffrey Lurie and Doug Peterson to contract extensions. Two for one. That's the Philly special. Woo! Other crap. A train ran off the tracks yesterday afternoon near the station square T station. Looks like the Pirates playoff hopes weren't the only thing that derailed on Sunday. Woo! Other crap. The train would have kept going if it had more coal. Woo! Other crap. Johnny Manziel threw four picks in his CFL debut. He plays better in the snow. Woo! Other crap. He's usually pretty good between the white lines. Woo! Other crap. The Pirates traded for Adani Hechevaria. The Bucks are soaking up all the rays. Woo! Other crap. It's time for the three stars of the show. Actually, I forgot. It's been 597 days since Pitt basketball won a conference game. Now it's time for the three stars of the show. Third star. Tonight's third star of the show. The Buckos. The Buckos. More like the Buckos. Because they suck lately. Tonight's second star of the show. Sticking to sports. The President of the United States tweeted about LeBron James and Don Lemon. They're both black, right, Tom? I believe so, yes. Yeah, they're both black. Yes. Interesting. That's weird that he would do that. Yeah, wild. I just couldn't believe it. Way out of left field from him. Right field. Alt-right field. <laughs> and tonight's first star of the show, Ray Lewis. 5-15-75. Remember five and remember seven. 5-15-75. Crazy, right? Tell you about numbers, 5-15-75, right? I play 17 years, I leave 17 years, I go play in Super Bowl 47. I get inducted to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Super Bowl 52. Man, God, something else. Ray Lewis is something else. Who let the dogs out? Buckos tonight at 8.40. Huge series against one of the teams that they're trailing. They're all big from here on out, but you got to beat the guys you're trailing. Colorado on the mound will be Musgrove. I'm live at Steelers training camp tomorrow. We'll be talking a lot of football. We'll be breaking down today's game, kind of, the way we do. We'll have fun with it. 
So I mean, you just had a phone call during all that. That was a little. That was a little whack. You don't want to talk about it. Yeah, a little, little much. I'll tell you off the air. Oh, jeez, what happened? It's okay. We'll talk about it. And I'll talk to you tomorrow, four o'clock until seven. Coming to you out of Alt Right Field, Crowley Show.